This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. In five, four, three, two, one. What's going on, you fucking motherless bitches? <laughs> to, a, to, a, to another episode of Genius Brain. This is a highly requested guest. Uh, you guys have been bothering me about it for the longest time. Here we have uh, director, actor, fucking Gangpe extraordinaire, uh, Justin Chan. Yo. With your fucking weed socks, bro. My weed socks, yeah. Where the fuck did you get that? Um, from, my, from my store, which I don't own anymore, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't uh, own uh, Attic anymore? No. Uh, we sold it, uh, it's been about close to two years, a year and a half. You had uh, two locations though. Uh, at its peak, we had three. We had downtown, we had Gaslam San Diego, we had Alhambra, and we had Borden Park. Damn, you had three locations? Yeah. How did you get into that? Um, well, I was always into like shoes and clothing. You know, my dad sold yeah. shoes and stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I just was sick of driving up to like Melrose. At the time in high school, it was like Melrose... Then we finally got like a few stores down in Costa Mesa, but not really, you know, but then it was so, so much surf skate. Like it was more like surf skate. Yeah. And at that time, those skate shops in carry like, um, you know, some of the, some of the smaller brands like that you'd find on Fairfax now. Yeah. So, uh, I decided, I think it was 2006, 2007. We were like, dude, let's open up our own store in Orange County, and that's kind of how that's kind of how it started. And then, um, with all like my uh, Nickelodeon money, <laughs> your Nickelodeon money, um, that and and you know some people came in together. We uh we opened our Buena Park store first, then San Diego, and then after was um, Alhambra. But like clothing business, man, I don't know, man, it's, it's hard. It's it's too much inventory, and if you don't sell it, like you just have a back like just so much inventory that just sits on the shelves and yeah. you're waiting for black Friday to try, try to unload, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then shoes in particular, it takes what people don't understand is it takes so much storage space, yeah. you know, to, to carry shoes and you have different colors, different sizes, different brands, and then youth, women, you know, adult, like men's and it's man. And then, you know, like the, the sizes that, that, that sell, uh, sell like that and then you're always stuck with like these outlier sizes that you're gonna have to unload somehow but um, that's crazy yeah. that you even got into that type of shit I feel like most people when they make their big money they probably just blow it on a lot of shit yeah like I did okay <laughs> <laughs> well I think like a lot of people were wondering specifically I mean just cause I went through a couple of uh, comments and stuff they wanna know first of all how you got into acting mm. right uh, starting from just what made you go into acting at first? I think because a lot of the times when people think about acting now, it's you see a lot more Asian Americans now, yeah, right, than it was back in the day, yeah. And those doors were very different, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I started acting when there, yeah, like you said, there's no, there were no Asian American actors, yeah. Uh, at that time, we had saw Jason Scott Lee and you know uh, the Dragon, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we saw, and then and then it was Jet Li and. Jackie Chan, right as I was starting, uh, was where an American Pie came out. Yeah. And John Cho was a MILF guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. MILF. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't have an accent and he was just some regular high school kid in, in American Pie, which was cool. And I was like, oh, whoa. And then I saw, but for, so for me to answer your question, like I got into it because I, I just enjoyed it. I really mm. loved acting and, and, um, I did an inter. I went to USC for business, and after my freshman year, I did a internship in Silicon Valley. And I was like, "Man, you know, Silicon Valley is supposed to be pro- progressive in a as a business setting, but 
even that felt restricting, you know, being in an office. And I was like, I can't, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So I, I enrolled in like a two year Meisner program and I started training and stuff. And I remember this one time we did early on, I, I had crazy straight stage fright. Like I would throw up every time before I had performed, like I get really scared. And we did this exercise where it was like an improv where, um, I was supposed to be, you do these things called domestics. And I was, you know, talking to an imaginary, the, the one was there is like my, my grandmother who's dying and basically you have to do these as ifs, right? And, and it was, it was as if, um, my grandmother had two minutes to live and I had to tell her that whatever I wanted to tell her, Yeah, you know, like I miss her or I love her. And I remember I started acting and my back was to the, to the class and I just started crying uncontrollably, you know, it's like a very powerful sort of improv. And, and, uh, I started crying really crazy. And, and then I just remember being really embarrassed. Yeah. yeah because as Korean people, you were taught, like you only cry three times in your life when, yeah. when you were born, when you have a kid, <laughs> yeah, when, you kid <laughs> or when your parents die. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was really embarrassed and I couldn't stop crying, you know, and I just like sat there with my back turned to them. When I turned around the whole class like got up and started clapping. And I was like, whoa, man, this is really cool. I get to, I'm allowed to be vulnerable and, and express myself. And there was so much freedom in that, that I just, I just really, you know, my whole goal in the beginning was just, if I could just make a living, like yeah. just feed myself. Um, I was cool with that. Even if it meant like I couldn't get married and, and couldn't have kids and all that. I was okay with it because I get, I was able to do something I love. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I mean, that's how I got into it. And then I think naturally you just get greedy. Yeah. You, you get a little bit and you taste a little bit and you're like, I want more, I want more, I want more. And you know, I'm naturally sort of a driven person. So in the beginning it was like, I did a bunch of extra work and, and uh, you know, after that it was like, you know, one line in a show. And then after that, it was like getting a commercial campaign. And then after that, it was, I just really, but you know, I'm a case of n not like being discovered. I'm not a case of like, I'm really a case of from the bottom up, climbing the ladder slowly, um, which was good, which was good. And even then, I've probably had a lot of trip ups in terms of like my own ego or, or uh, in terms of what I thought it was about and kind of staying true to uh, to uh, what's important. You know, when you're following like an artistic endeavor like that, um, you get blinded by fame and money and, and what you think well, matters. You were, you, how old were you when you uh, first hit it off? Because you said you were on Nickelodeon first, mm -hmm. right? And that, that what, what show were you on in Nickelodeon? I was on a show. I started doing Disney stuff first before Nickelodeon. But basically, I started when I was 20, 21, around there, like... Um, so you were super young when you got like bigger roles. I mean, that's pretty yeah. big. Yeah. So like I did Disney first. I did a bunch of Disney pilots. Like I did a, I remember I did a pilot with Vanessa Hudgens when she was like, I don't know, like 10 or something. Oh shit. When she was young, you know, and, um, and other kids that in that show, like Moises Arias, like he's, he went on to do really well. And, um, it's funny because like, yeah, I have a really funny story. I don't even know if I should tell it, but like. But I, yeah, I did Disney stuff. I did a, you know, that Disney Channel film with Brenda Song, and yeah, and then the the, the show I was on for for uh, Nickelodeon was called Just Jordan. Mm. It was a black show, and you were the Asian guy. <laughs> yeah, I was the Asian guy. <laughs> the diversity call is the Asian yeah. guy. That's fine. Uh, but it was cool, man. They were trying to be. That's what's cool about children's television is that they're a lot more open yeah. to like casting against type. Like I was actually the captain of the basketball team and mm. all that. Like, dude, and I suck at basketball, so <laughs> I look dumb. But like. They're open to really challenging stereotypes on kids' television, way more so than mainstream like adult content. Like, adult. I, I just feel like as kids too, like they just don't have that pre-notion of where people belong in terms of like their color and race. Yeah, like, I have a great example of this. Like when I went back to Sacramento not too long ago, I met this cat. Is this Filipino dude? Mm. Now my whole life, I, I shit you fucking not, we went to elementary school together, junior high together, and we didn't talk so much during high school. But when I met him up. Uh, cause he, uh, he got my number through somebody else, but he goes, yo, like, I would like to talk to you and just kind of like pick at your brain because he was like going through some shit. Mm -hmm. 
and he wanted to figure out what he wanted to do and he just saw what I was doing and I was like, you know what, elementary school friends, why not? He was super nice to me as a kid. So let's meet up, meet this dude. And he just goes, David, it's been so long. I haven't seen you in forever. I'm like, dog, did you always have a Filipino accent? He goes, yeah, like I've always had a Filipino accent. I'm like, what? I had no fucking wow. idea. Because as a kid, you don't really think about yeah. these things. I had no, I thought he was fucking around with me. I was yeah. like, dog, stop talking like that. He yeah. goes, no, I always had this accent. I was like, what the fuck what are the you fuck? saying? Like, I thought I thought I was in like some alternate universe. Yeah. But when you go back at it, I'm like, that's right. Maybe he fucking did because I knew I knew that he wasn't uh, he wasn't born here. He mm-hmm. wasn't he was a Filipino immigrant. He came here when he was like five or six. But damn, he kept the accent even yeah coming it, here at six. Yeah, I mean his accents. I mean I'm kind of exaggerating it a bit, but yeah, he, yeah. he does have that accent. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you grew up in K Town your whole life, you kind of have that like K Town swagger, you know, like. Yeah. Um, you, if you grow, grow, if you only hang around a certain group of people, you're going to talk, if you hang around only Mexicans, yeah. you're going to have that little bit of that flavor. Oh, for sure. It's kind of like that. Yeah. So I just, I was just so fucking shocked. I was like, you're fucking with me, bro. Like you are a straight up American. He goes, no, I always have this accent. <laughs> I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. But that just goes to show as a kid, like you don't, you don't really think in those groups until I feel like an adult or somebody else tells you about these types yeah. of things, right? Yeah. Because you're just playing four square with the kid. You're just playing wall ball or whatever, you yeah. know? And most likely you're just getting made fun of because you're fat or too skinny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you did the whole, so you did the whole Disney thing. And then when did, when did Twilight come in? Uh, it was after the Nickelodeon show. And, um, cause Twilight must've been a crazy experience because Twilight fandom was fucking insane. Yeah. Dude. You know, what's funny is I thought this one movie I did was going to be, it was in between seasons for Nickelodeon and it was called crossing over. And I thought that was it. I thought it was mm. it. I, th- I was like, I was, I was convinced I was famous. Yeah. Right. Um, it was directed by this guy named Wayne Kramer. Um, he directed this movie called The Cooler that got Alec Baldwin an Academy Award nomination. Oh shit! Um, and he just was dope. Like he was homies with Tarantino, and 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 it was a Weinstein film. And I'll tell you a lot about what what might happen afterward. But like Sean Penn, Harrison Ford, Damn. Ashley Judd, Ray Liotta, Alice Eve, Jim Sturgis, Josh Gad, uh, like. The cream, like at the top, man. Yeah. And I was the lead of my storyline. It was kind of like Crash, where everybody mm-hmm. had their own, sort of their ethnicity had their own thing. I thought that was it, man. But then, like, the wine scenes buried the film. And, like, um, and then Sean Penn wanted to be cut out of it. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened, but it didn't come out for, like, four years. Damn. Five years. And it, it would, it, like, I just, you know how I found out it came out? I saw it in a DVD bin. What the fuck? At Target. Yeah, I was just like, damn. What was this film called again? Crossing Over. Oh. I think it's on Netflix. I don't know. Anyway, like, you know, um, but then, you know, and then I went back to Nickelodeon and, you know, mind you, they didn't want me to do that film because it's like such adult content. Yeah. Um, and then the writer strike happened. So the, the Nickelodeon show come, didn't come back. And I was happy to be on that show, man. Like, yeah. it was such a great sort of learning experience. And I don't, I don't care what people have to say about children's television. Like, it's... It was it was liberating, fun for me, but um, but I was like, you know what? I I always wanted to be like a young Asian Sean Penn. I took acting very seriously, and so that's the type of roles I was like gonna hold out for. My agent called me up and was like, "Hey, I want you to audition for this film," and I was like, "What is it?" And he was like, "It's called Twilight." And I was like, "What? Okay, what's it about?" It's about a family of vampires and um, a love story. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> Hell no, right? And he's like, it's based on a book. One guy fucking sparkles like a disco ball. Yeah, it's disco weird. ball. And, you know, um, anyways, like, but I was like, well, who's involved? And I just, I was pretty resistant because I was, I really wanted to do some like work that meant something to me. But she's, uh, he said, Catherine Hardwick is directing. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I love 13 and oh, Lords yeah, of yeah. Dogtown. And and who's the main star? Kristen Stewart. And I, and I just seen her in Into the Wild. And she was fantastic in that. And I'm like, okay, that's enough reason for me to do this. And, and I auditioned. And and I got it. And, and to Catherine's credit, like, she fought for me because they didn't want me. Mm. And, you know, um, they didn't feel like there were any Asians in, in, Washington, in Forks, Washington. So, um yeah, I'm lucky to have been a part of that. And, you know, I'm really not in much of it after the first film, but uh, it was cool. You know, what it taught me was what I wanted and what I didn't want. 
because mm. I saw the main three kind of, you know, like from a periphery, see what they were going through with all the fame because it was crazy fame, you know? Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Everybody, what was Edward Cullen? Is that yeah. his name? Yeah. His real name is Robert Pattinson. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't realize, well, both of them sound white as fuck, so they, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell the damn difference, but he, he blew the fuck up. There was, yeah. I'm pretty sure there wasn't a single place he could go in silence, dude. Yeah. So that was kind of thing. Like people would have to like to go to a dinner. He'd have to like, there was an operation, man. And yeah. I was like, okay, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't like being famous. I don't think is all it's cut out to be. Pattinson, yeah. And then just seeing like when the world is your oyster like that also what matters to you. Yeah. So it just, it did change my perspective on why I was acting and what it is that I wanted, which was why after that, I just really focused on trying to do a lot of indie films and, and, um, because don't you feel like sometimes it's hard for an actor to try to reinvent themselves when there's already like a public perception of who you are and this is who you should be? Yeah. Right? Because I feel like that happens to a lot of people who fall into very highly successful sitcoms. Yeah. Because I'm like that. Yeah. Because even when I saw Brian Cranston in um, Breaking Bad, yeah. right? Or any of his films. Like he's an amazing fucking actor. Yeah, amazing. But watching Breaking Bad, I, I had trouble looking at him for the first two episodes because I remembered him as Malcolm in the Middle's yeah. dad. Yeah. Right? And so I could see how hard it would be for a lot of actors to kind of just, because <laughs> the public perception of who you are is very strong. It's yeah. like, they almost don't want to see you in something different besides the stuff that they love you in. Yeah. Right? It's very true. And that's the marketing machine. Mm-hmm. That's the mach- that's the product driven uh, aspect of the industry that I, you know, it's necessary. It's, it's, it's what keeps things alive, but but you know, like for the case of someone like Robert, he after the 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 films, like he did so many interesting films, and I really respect him for that. Like I was just like, whoa, this guy is like a real actor. Yeah, and you know, really didn't do any studio films, and and now he's playing Batman, and I think like that's well deserved, and it's about time that he's he can, playing Batman. Yeah, what the fuck? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he's playing Batman, and. I think like he's ready to go back to that, but like he's done so much, so many films uh, that are feeding his artistic soul that I'm like, good on you. I like now it's like, oh, now I'm interested to see how you do it now. Like mm. how you, the kind of black Batman you're going to play. I mean, there's just this point too, where I think a lot of people don't understand. So you just, you just got to do shit that you hate sometimes to get to where you need to be. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get that. They go, I just want to do things that I like always. It's like, well, yeah. good fucking luck. Because yeah. if, if that was the case, and I always tell young people about this too, it's like you need to stop trying to satisfy everything with your career. Yeah. Meaning that you want your career to be the happiest thing, the most soul satisfying thing, make you a shit ton of money, uh, you you fix your family problems, <laughs> everything. Hell and, no. it, and it doesn't work like that yeah. too. And so like people always ask, they go, like here, here's the thing that a lot of people didn't know. When I started doing YouTube, I wanted to quit after the first year. Yeah. Because I hated it. Yeah. I fucking hated YouTube. <laughs> like, I fucking hated it. The only reason why I stayed was because of Bart and Joe. Yeah. Bart, to, Bart and Joe told me to stick with it and because it was going to go somewhere and it would open other doors, which it did. Mm. But I was a stand-up comic. I yeah. liked doing stand-up. Yeah. And then my YouTube videos at the time were failed stand-up comedy bits that I re- reworked into three-minute segments. I was really fucking loud because I heard that people had a short attention span on YouTube uh-huh. and I wouldn't be able to tell a story like yeah. I do with stand-up. So I developed this fucking loud, loud character and I just did it, yeah. you know? And so for me, when I was doing those videos, albeit too, like I, I really enjoyed the fact that people were laughing at it because at the end of the day with stand-up, I just want people to laugh and if yeah. they laugh from it, it, made me feel good. But for me, I had to relive my broken stand-up sets and put it into these videos, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So I didn't want to do that shit. And then it led to other things and other opportunities because mm. they just see that, you, oh, you went from here to here. It's like, no, it's like YouTube was hard for me. Like the yeah. first year I wanted to quit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I tried it and I was like, hell no, I can't do this. It's just hard. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I totally underestimated this. I was like, no, I could just, you know, kind of post and when I want and I'll do something once a week. But like, hell no, man, that shit is, is a full-time job and, and trying it for a few months, I was like, this isn't, this isn't for me. Like it, it really is a full-time job. And I always yeah. tell people, they go, Oh, well I could do YouTube and this. I was like, YouTube isn't something that you become successful doing part-time. Yeah. It, it just doesn't work that way. It yeah. takes 
everything out of you. Yeah. And a, a lot of younger kids now, their dream is to become a YouTuber, which mm. fucking blows my mind. I'm yeah. like, damn, that's like a career choice now. Yeah. It's for you to want to be a YouTuber. And that whole space was such a such a weird part for a lot of people. But on the other hand, too, a, a, I think a lot of YouTubers don't get the other side of acting in film because they're so used to doing everything within their control. Mm. And they don't understand that when you fuck with other people's money, you have no fucking say. Yeah, <laughs> it's very true. Which was the hardest reason why I, I couldn't get auditions and I couldn't get an agent. Yeah. Because they had such a bad taste from working with YouTubers. Yeah. They would expect the world because they're so used to having everybody say yes and do whatever they want. And so they would go to these auditions and I'm not going to drop any names, but fuck you guys. But you guys would go to these auditions and then you would act as if the role was already yours just yeah. because of who you were on this online presence. Yeah. It's like, well, that's great. Fucking four-year-olds watch you. They're not going to watch this film, you fucking dumbass. Yeah. You know? And they, they didn't get their roles. They're like, oh, they just don't know what they missed out on. They know what they missed out on. You yeah. suck as a fucking actor, you trash bag. Yeah. And then I would <laughs> try to get like auditions and they're like, no, he's a YouTuber. Don't fuck with him. Yeah. And then we did gook and then it flipped. It's like, yeah. fuck, finally, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is that crazy though? Like I do feel like it's it there's such a uh adjustment period like for YouTubers and the whole YouTube world coming into mainstream sort of consciousness and I feel now it's kind of balanced out. Like yeah. like you can cross over if you're if you got the right, you know, if you have your head on straight and but also like, you know, YouTubers are also like considered just as much celebrities in it as anybody else. Oh, for yeah. sure. And they have to understand too. It's like, if you're a YouTuber and you go like, well, I could do this too. The, the other, well, that's just a different realm and you have to respect that art for what it is. Right. Yeah. So just as the same as they probably can't do what you do, you can't do what they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that's, that's what's funny is like in this, in entertainment, everybody tries to create this hierarchy. Mm -hmm. um, unscripted, scripted television film indie film like it's it's all sort of people try to find a way to like say oh i'm better than you yeah it's you know? really weird man it's, which is like everyone's just creating shit like like what's the reason to to operate that way well you know they 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 like they like people to be put in their place for some fucking reason like i <laughs> like I, i'll never understand that shit you know they go well um <laughs> Like, for example, like I always say, if you're if you're on a YouTube space or if you came from Vine or Instagram, don't think that you being able to take 30 fucking takes of you reworking a joke and be able to do that when you're on an improv show. Oh, hell no. Good fucking luck. You have to yeah. be good on that spot. Yeah. You got to learn how to do your yes ands. And if you don't yeah. know how to do that, you're fucking fucked. Yeah. And they yeah. found out there's like a couple of people who came up on Wild and Out. Not Tim. Like Tim yeah. killed it on Wild and Out. Yeah. But there's a couple of YouTubers, Asian YouTubers that tried coming onto that stage. And I've heard from quite a few people on that cast. They were like, they were trash. Because mm -hmm. they're so used to talking to Campbell. Yo, what's up? Blah, 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 blah. And, you know, talking big. But when you're put on stage in front of people, you have to improv and you have to act and do your shit. Yeah. Trash. Yeah. And that's just to say, like, you underestimated what other people did. Yeah. You know, you looked at that what they did was easy yeah and it's not you yeah know? they got wrecked they got wrecked <laughs> and that's fucking great but you did um you did a second film that got in the sundance miss mm -hmm. purple yeah um what how, wait how did you start miss purple so you know i was hoping to shoot a another film that i'm actually going to shoot next month um but i was ready to shoot that last year um and that film is with macro this company that made, uh, you know, Sorry to Bother You, yeah. um, Mudbound, and slew of other amazing films. But um, I just don't think we were ready. So I was like, okay. I was also on an ABC show, and it was in between seasons. I didn't know if it would get picked up for a second season or not. If it did get picked up, I wouldn't be able to direct anything for another, like, year. Damn. Yeah, so I was like, shit, man. Um I don't want to stay out of the director's chair that long because then I'm going to get rusty. And yeah. so uh, Miss Purple is an idea that I had for years. You know, I really wanted to make a story about siblings, specifically like a brother and sister. I just don't see that in film a lot. And I also wanted to tell a story about, you know, um, a family that that are from K-Town, you know, uh, that is from K-Town and, and Koreatown now is so gentrified and it's become such a like a cool place to live yeah that wasn't the case in the 80s and yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. like 90s um so you know sometimes i look at like people who i knew 
uh, that grew up there, they're kind of like ghosts in a way because all this stuff is developed around them, but they still like live in their bubble. It's mm-hmm. really weird. But I just wanted to tell this story about people who got in a, it feels like they got left behind. Mm-hmm. And then also like the thought of like taking care of your parents and, and, uh, and the stuff we have to do to, to, you know, uh, take care of them. Like this main girl, she has stuck around. The brother is, you know, estranged and the live in hospice nurse quits. So she begs him to come watch the dad and he does. But, um, what she does for work is she's a Tomi, you know, she, yeah. she works at a karaoke and, and is like a hostess and, you know, I mean, that shit is real, you yeah. know? And, and, uh, I just wanted to tell honest, authentic story about, you know, about us. And, you know, I think we have films like Crazy Rich Asians and, and, uh, Black Panther and all this stuff, but like specifically Crazy Rich Asians, I think it's necessary and I think it's great for us, but it is about like the 0.01%. Oh yeah, for sure. Know? And I think that most of us don't live in that type of, uh, wealth, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of, most of us are just working class. And if you notice the films that I make are about, you know, working class folk, yeah. um, you know, and and, uh, you know, I think my films, I wanted to represent a lot of us. Yeah. You know? um, but, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I just, Miss Purple is like very, very personal. And and um, it's a type of films that I like to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the difference. It's like, you know, when, when, when Crazy Rich Asians came out, people were like, oh, are you hyped for it? And I told my friends, I was like, no, I'm not. Because it's not yeah. my type of film. Yeah. Like, I just, it's just not what I normally watch. And here's it. the thing. You're allowed to say that. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I still bought a ticket, yeah. you know, to support it. I yeah. know what it's good for. Yeah. They're like, did you go watch it immediately? I was like, yeah. no, I didn't have the time. So I just yeah. bought a ticket. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I bought the ticket and then I watched it later. Right. Exactly. And they're like, well, what did you think about the film? I was like, it wasn't my type of film. Yeah. I knew right off the bat that I wasn't going to vibe with it because yeah. I can't relate to it. So that's, yeah. that's just what it is. And that's where we need to get to where, yeah. where we, we do have films that sort of cater to all of us yeah right so like if crazy rich asians is your type of film cool yeah now now we have the farewell we have you know my film yeah you know there's a lot of different films that we can make that isn't just one monolith isn't just one type of film for all of us because that doesn't make any sense we're all so different yeah like the type of shit we're into you know yeah that always bugs me it's like you're not allowed to say anything bad you know have you seen aziz's new stand-up no set it's pretty good. You know, yeah. he, he talks about like, obviously he, he talks about his, everything that happened with the Me Too thing. But then mm-hmm. also he talks about Crazy Rich Asians. It's pretty fucking funny. You should, you should watch because it's just like, he's talking about how white people, like, it's like we guilted them into, into like, yeah. you know, be nice to us. And he's like, yeah, it's nice. But, but I do feel like we're living in a time where, where, uh, I shouldn't have to bl- blindly follow something because, you know, it's, it's it's people are telling me to. Yeah. You know, I, I do think you're right. We should buy the tickets because we don't have enough. Here's the thing right now. We don't have enough to to, say no. (laughs) Yeah. To say we don't have enough to be like, Oh fuck that film. You know, we don't have enough films for us. So every time a film does come out, that's for us by us, we need to support it. Now, when we get a little bit more sophisticated, like the African American community has like, now they can make a get out. Now yeah. they can make all these different types of African-American films, you know, and it's sustainable. But right now we're not there yet. So I, I, I also get like why we need to support. We have to. Yeah. That's why, I, like I said, I just bought the ticket. Yeah. And I was like, cool. I know what this is going for. <laughs> Boom. Bought the ticket. And yeah. then I moved on. And then people are like, well, why didn't you like it? I was like, well, here's the thing too. It's like film is art, right? Yeah. So art can be appreciated however they, I want to interpret it. Yeah. Like, if I don't like it. I'm allowed not to fucking like it. Yeah. I don't have to like it because you tell me to fucking like it, Exactly. Dude. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of films that you probably dislike that I fucking love, dude. Yeah. And it's, so I know what the purpose of where the money goes to. Like, yeah. I completely get that. Yeah. But there shouldn't be a conversation where you get upset at me for not liking a film because you feel like it's going to have some kind of, like, crazy great wave for us. It's like, yeah, I support that. Yeah. I just don't like it. (laughs) Let me, let me not like it. It's not like when some of my friends are like, yeah, I didn't really think your film was that great. I'm like, cool, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. It's all good. It's a black and white film. You're also stupid. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So it's, 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 you know, taste and preferences allowed, but you know, people tend to be a little more sensitive about stuff like that nowadays. So it's like, I I don't even know where to begin and start. Cause I always tell people that 
I found a lot of even people that I know personally, they are the loudest fucking people like on Twitter, on Instagram about Asian representation. But I was like, that's funny because two years ago, you weren't saying shit. Yeah. You know, you were not there. And when yeah. I was struggling with it, you couldn't even relate. You're just like, yeah. oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And now it's just like, oh, man, we need more Asian representation. You shut your fucking ass up, <laughs> dude. You fucking fucking bitch like, yeah. i hate that shit dude yeah i don't know it's it's I, I i do like it though you know people we do want to see i understand i can't relate to this but i can't understand why people want to see familiar faces on the screen mm. right and i think i just grew up blessed in a very diverse area yeah so i never thought about racial things too much yeah right so it's like like we i had a conversation with somebody about uh asian superheroes mm. right they're like, oh, why can't fucking uh, Superman be Asian? And I just straight up said, I was like, because I wouldn't watch that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're like, why? I was like, because I never looked at Superman and said, oh, man, I wish I was a white guy. I just wanted to be an alien that could bust bust through walls. Yeah. Like the race thing didn't click in my head. Yeah. I never looked at <laughs> Superman and said I couldn't be him because he was white. Yeah. It didn't make me want to be white. Yeah. I just wanted to be a dude that could bust through shit and fly really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So maybe my pers- maybe that's just not how I saw things, but yeah. I feel like a lot of people had that chip on their shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, people do, man. And um for me what's more important right now and I talk about this a lot, but like, you know, in the age of, of Black Panther, Miss Bala and Crazy Rich Asians, that's cool. We need that. We yeah. need we need that. But what I'm interested in the film, in the storytelling that I'm doing is how we coexist. You know, how, you know, so Miss Purple has a whole Chicano storyline that weaves to the film. Mm-hmm. And if you notice, like the, the score, a lot of it is, uh, you know, Mexican inspired and and uh, what interests me is how we live in the United States together. Yeah. Not like on our own corners of uh, uh, of the nation. Like, it's like, no, no, no. Like, let's show it for what it is. You know, like, how do we, how do we, how do we, how are we in the same space? Yeah. I don't see that very, very much. And if they do, a lot of times it's to fill a quota, the check marks. Be like, oh yeah, we need one Asian guy, one yeah. black guy. That's not helpful either. Yeah, and people's reality is only based on where they live. Like, I think I I read a couple of reviews for when Goo came out, and I think there was only one review that bothered me mm-hmm. a lot. I mean, there were some people that just didn't like certain things about, which is completely yeah, fine, everybody, you know? yeah. But there was one fucking review that got my ass, and it was just I got so fucking irritated because they wrote that they're like they said that the Hispanic characters weren't real, mm. and I was like. Are you fucking kidding me? That guy's a fucking vato. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's him. Nobody told him to act that way. Yeah. That was that, that was just him. Yeah. And he was like, Mexican people don't act that way. It's basically what they were saying. I'm like, dog, did you grow up in East LA? Yeah. Have you been to East LA? What they don't know is those aren't actors. Those are, exactly. They weren't actors. I got, I got re- like, that's what's crazy is like, I got real people. Yeah. From the hood. Yeah. Right. Those people, like I made a concerted effort to find real people to fill those roles. Yeah. So it was authentic. So you couldn't tell me it wasn't real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That that's why that review it got my ass. I was Who like You said that. Was it a was it a white person? Of course. And uh, I forgot well, What the fuck do they know about like b- about being the hood? Yeah, and I was like you didn't grow up in East LA, dude. And like uh the who's the, uh, yeah. I forgot his name though, <laughs> but he was fucking dope. It was the mm. the guy that you got as like the, the main dude, the main the, the main Mexican cat for for what? For Gook. What was his name? Mexican dude. Uh, he was the one that pushed you up against the fence. Oh, oh, um, Caesar. Yeah, Caesar, dude. Caesar was so fucking dope. But they were like talking about him. I was like, Caesar of all people. I was but like, he's, that's who he is. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, how the fuck do you know? Why? I, I mean, like he's reformed, of course. You know, he's not that. He's like an like an actor. actor. Like yeah. he's a real he's actor. actor. Yeah, he's a real actor. But like, he comes from that. Yeah, that's that's where he came from. That's what I'm saying. That's why shit irritated me. I was like, out of, that was the only thing that irritated me. I was like, how fucking dare you? Like, yeah. that's, you can't talk about an authentic, the authenticity of something from something that you've never experienced, saw, lived, breathed, or even yeah. been there. Yeah. So what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Yeah. It's just like, dude, that's so irresponsible. Like, yeah. I just want to slap the fucking shit out of that guy. Yeah. I feel like those reviews, a lot of times you have to say something that someone else hasn't said mm. or be controversial or like. Because otherwise, their opinion has no value. I think there should be a rule for films too. It's like, you don't get to write a review for a film until you sat with it for a couple of days. Yeah. Because like, even like on Sundance, you know, those films that we were watching, there was a review for it like two hours after it premiered. I was like, 
How can you judge a film after you? There's no fucking way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no fucking way. You haven't really thought it through. Yeah. Like, that means you saw it, you walked outside, and you started typing it on your phone. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, you could have at least, like, sat with it, watched it again, and then reviewed it. Because that's that's what happens to a lot of just, like, digital media. Because you have to be the first. Because things come out so fast. Yeah. Especially with music. That's how it is with music. Yeah. When an album drops, people are like... Yo, the best album of all time. How? It just came out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say of all time, that's like, yeah. you know, I mean, even like the, the best album, the true best albums of all time, it's taken decades to really sit on it and really evaluate why it's the best album of all time. Yeah, when people used to do like music reviews, man, like you were supposed to sit with it. So, because yeah. it's a discography. It's yeah. it, from track one all the way to track 12 or whatever yeah there's a flow there's a reason why they chose these tracks to line up the way that they did yeah if you haven't sat down and listened to every fucking track without skipping through it yeah. you shouldn't be able to write a judgment piece on it you didn't get to sit with it yeah like that's because i used to do that shit right i there was like a john legend that came out it was revolver right I, or evolver revolver revolver i think but i fucking when i first listened to it i was like this shit sucks uh-huh. and i hated it right and i just kind of wrote it off and then one of my boys was like yo that Album's actually pretty dope. Like, it's just go back to listen to it again. So I just said, fuck it. Stayed in my room, blasted it, listened through it. And I was like, yep, this is a good album. Because <laughs> I was just so dismissive of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't like his older stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I don't understand how people can do that with films. Like, even with the film, like, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when I watched it, I, I couldn't even make head of what I just watched, right? Yeah. It's so, a very unique film. Yeah. So people were like, what did you think about it? I was like, I don't have an opinion yet. Yeah. Let, let me go back and watch it again. Because it's so nuanced. It's yeah. such a fucking nuanced film. Yeah. Like I couldn't, number one, like it, if you guys haven't watched the film, you should watch it because it's so, it's just beautiful. Yeah, right. Very beautiful. The the thing I loved about the film the most right off the bat was a score. Yeah. I was like, whoa, this is yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. Because I feel like even the way they directed the acting or just like the direction and just how it was, it pl- it, it plays like a theater, like, yeah. a, like a theatrical uh like theatrical acting. Like, yeah. So I was like, oh, this is so fucking weird. So I have to go back and watch it, but I'm not going to have an opinion on it yet until I sit with it. Yeah. Because I don't know. No, I think that's very insightful of you, man. I think I think it should be that way. And, and um, you know, I find myself in the same trap, you know, yeah. like judging it right away and dismissing things. But there's a lot of films that have like really bad ratings that I love. Yeah. But um, it takes me a second, you know, and also there's films that I love that I watch over like that I watch over and over and I I realize they're even better than I thought mm. the more times I watch it you know um yeah like any of the Mexican directors like the Inaritus or the Quadones and stuff every time I rewatch I go oh fuck. I pick up something new and there's stuff that like they put in there and on purpose yeah it's not an accident and I'm like oh my god I didn't how could I and I can never unsee it I'm like how did I not see that before I don't know. I think great films are meant to be watched more than once. You yeah. Know? Um, and people have such short attention spans that they just want a new thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you're watching porn and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, if you just, if you just spent your time with one video, like one good, good video, you probably enjoy it more than, but then like, you're so focused on like trying to, trying to find the, 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 the best, the best video, the best clip, whatever. And then you're like, it's like two hours later, an hour later, and you're like, fuck, this fucking sucks. Porn's a weird space though. Yeah. Porn's like one of those things is like, I, I always find it weird when I'm, when I'm, a couple of my guy friends are just like, yo, do you know this porn star? I was like, bro, the fact that you even know their names, you sick fuck. <laughs> you're supposed to look at a thumbnail, jack off and move on, dude. What's wrong with you, yeah. dude? Like these are like, yo, yeah. I know her first and last name. I follow her on Instagram. I was like, you have a sickness, bro. Wow, like, wow. I, I, yeah, it's like, a bit much. Yeah. If you ask me the name of a porn star, I know like classic people, right? Like Jenna Jamison and yeah, fucking yeah. Uh, Tara Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Beyond that, you got me. And then yeah. Ron Jeremy for his fucking 14 inch <laughs> dick. Like other yeah, than yeah. that, bro, like you know like the, fucking, the new ones, you're a sick fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking yeah. deplorable human being, you trash yeah. bag. But yeah, man, like, you know, you just, uh, you watch clip after clip after, because that's that's the world we live in now. It's like more and more and more and more and more and more and more, more. Yeah. Uh, instead of like finding quality and really enjoying something of quality for for all the thought and energy that was put into that you know and i don't think uh film is so romanticized nowadays too that i think the 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 sad part about things that i don't understand i see this a lot in comments and i see this a lot in kids who apply for work and job and they want to work with me they go it's like oh yeah like i love blah 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 the first thing i ask too is like top three favorite directors four favorite films Mm -hmm. what are they yeah nothing 
And I'm like, then why are we having this conversation? Yeah. Like, well, why do you want to go into film? You don't watch film. Yeah. What yeah, the yeah. fuck are you talking about, yeah. dude? It's like, even for me, it's like, I, like, I, I thought I didn't watch that film. I'm uh-huh. like, you guys don't watch any film. Yeah. Like, so why do you want to be a director then? Why yeah. do you, why do you want to go in the film? Why do you want to write? You don't even have a favorite writer. You don't have a favorite director. You don't know anything about mm. the craft that you want to be a part of. It's mm. like, oh, I just got to watch a few things. And no, if it, if it was that fucking easy everybody would do it. Yeah. You know, you, you just see the shit from the outside. You don't know the type of like, like theater training, how much acting classes, like what all these people go into, like their background. They're like, well, I don't need to go to traditional whatever writing schools because I could just see what I like in a film and just do it. There's a system to this shit that helps. I was like, I really wish that was the case yeah. for a lot of people, but there's a few people that can do it. Right. But not everybody. And unless yeah. you're that special person, why not do the extra work and try that out? It's a lifelong endeavor, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's like anything, you know, like it it just takes so much it just takes a lot of time also for you to get good, to marinate, you know. I'm like I'm I'm just starting out, man, as a director and I still got so much shit to learn like you know, and and you know how much film I watch. You oh, know? for sure. Like a lot you're, I watch. You're a, fucking a psychopath, dude. But I watch a lot <laughs> of film, but even then I'm like Compared to compared to a lot of other people that I know, mm-hmm. I'm nothing. Yeah, I'm still like just skimming, you know, just very very scratching the surface. Like people that I know, my film knowledge is like that, and and they've really sat with some of these, like a lot of these films, and analyzed it, and you know, and I think that's the other thing is um, critical thinking. Yeah, you know, just like. Well, if you want to be a director or writer, like just think critically about it. Like, yeah. so what do you th- like, first of all, asking yourself the question, why, why do you want to do it? And what is the purpose? And then secondly, like, okay, then what do you need to do? And if you, if you haven't even like, so this one actor told me one time, um, you know, and he's a veteran, he's been around f- forever. And I was like, and I was that kid. I was like, hey, man, so I want to get better at acting. And we were at this like, and I, and I wasn't a nobody. Like we were at this signing event thing. And and I was like, yeah, you know, I want to do that. And he's like, okay, how many um, Paul Ru- how, how many uh, Paul Newman uh, performances have you seen? Well, I've seen Color Money. I've seen, you know, Cool Hand Luke. He's like, what else? Uh, I mean, not much after, out of that. Like well, how, Jack Lemmon, Brando, um, you know, all these like greats. And I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, I've seen a few. He's like, dude. He was like, dude, why you, why, like, if you haven't even done that work, like, why are you asking me this shit? I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, okay, if you were, uh, say, Kobe, do you think Kobe doesn't know, like, all the stats, all the fucking study footage of all the greats and, like, has done everything he can mm-hmm. He studied everyone who comes before them. If you were fucking in baseball, like fucking say you're like whoever it is, like Daryl Strawberry, whatever it is, like you would study all the grades from Babe Ruth on, like everybody, because you got to know where you came from to know where you got to go. And if you haven't done even that minimum, that's like the bare, 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 bare minimum is what he was telling me. And it was a wake up call. I was like, oh, shit, you're right. You're doing stand up dude, you have to have studied all the grades, you yeah. know, like all the grades and understand the mechanics of why, why their jokes work and their style of storytelling and all that stuff. If you didn't, if you didn't go through and really studied it and figure out what makes them tick, how to expect, how do you expect to innovate on that? Yeah. Like that's yeah. the hard part for people to really listen to and understand because people take this type of advice sometimes and they think that you're shitting on their dreams. It's like, yeah, it's not. nobody's they're like, well, why do I have to do that? It's not that you have to you do it. You don't do the shit. Yeah. Nobody's but forcing you to. But don't, but don't be disappointed when it doesn't, when it doesn't work out the way you think it's going to work out. Yeah. And then, then there's this whole thing where they can't point their fingers this way that they point it outwards. They go, yeah. oh, it's because I'm Asian. It's because I'm this yeah. and that. And that's why there's like certain people in this space that they know that I don't like them because mm-hmm. I'm very vocal about it, obviously. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, I even had a conversation recently with one of my friends and it yeah. was like, they were like, oh yeah, one of the guys that I vocally dislike 
And you like, should name you should name that. I name. I wish I really could. <laughs> I would, but everybody's telling me not to. So like I'm like okay, because it doesn't help. I'm yeah, like yeah. cool. I understand. I'm learning yeah. how to be more civil. But I feel like it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, for sure. And they were like, okay, well, they asked them like specifically why I don't like them. He was yeah. like, I don't know why he doesn't like me. And I was like, yeah. well, it's because of shit like that. You expect the world to be given to you. Yeah. And it's those type of conversations what I dislike about people the most is where they they blame everything on. They say it's because I'm Asian why people don't like me. It's yeah. like, no, Asian people also don't like you, dude. Yeah. So it's not because of your ethnicity, dude. It's because of you. And you don't want to take that responsibility. Yeah. It's like, I'm not getting these opportunities because I'm Asian. Don't place it, put, put it on our culture. Yeah. Our culture's fine. Yeah. People fuck with us. They don't fuck with you. So don't don't drag us down just so you can lift yourself up. Dude, damn, I'm so curious who, the, who this is now. Fucking losers, dude. <laughs> fucking hell. I just, you know, and they're not, I don't think they're bad human beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, yeah. Just, they're just too phony about their shit. And I don't really vibe with that. Yeah. Like, like if whatever, like I don't really think twice about them. Yeah. But the fact that they, they always have to bring me up in some type of conversation. Like, don't worry if I don't like you. Just, I just don't like you. Just fucking move on. Yeah. Who cares? I'm just one person, dude. Oh, so this person's going around telling everybody, oh yeah, he don't like me. Yeah. And then now like, because I'm an asshole. Like I, I specifically, I'm like, well, because it bothers them. I just do it more now. <laughs> like, okay, damn it, David, like be nicer, which I was trying to do this year. It's not yeah. happening. So, <laughs> but you know, I just, I just don't like that. It's like, do your, you know, here's a great advice that you gave to one of our friends, right? You, uh. you asked him, I remember you told him, you said, you know, you know, he wasn't booking a lot of roles. Right. And you, you know, he, I told you to talk to him and you talked to him and you said something very, very profound and very simple. He goes, well, with these roles, like, why do you think you're not booking them? And you go, he goes, well, do you think you're good? And he goes, I think I'm ready. He goes, and you told him, he was like, well, if I put you next to your favorite actor, who's your favorite actor? And I think he said like Denzel at the time, right? And you're like, if, do you think you can go line for line with him? And he goes, no. And you're like, well, then get back to work. Yeah. Right? <laughs> get, very true. Then get back to work. Yeah. Unless if you are at some De Niro status. Yeah. You still, you still should be training. Yeah. I don't understand when people are like, yeah, I've done enough acting class. No, you haven't, bro. Like, even those motherfuckers are doing plays in between movies. Yeah. Pacino like, does, still does plays mm -hmm. to train. And I'm like, well, like, and I'm guilty of it, but like, why do you think that you are special in a way that Pacino doesn't think he's special? Yeah. That's crazy. That's delusion. Yeah. That's grand delusion, man. Yeah. Um, you know, and that goes for everything. Like, you know, with me and directing, dude, that's why I'm putting out, that's why I'm constantly directing. That's why I'm making film, like trying to make a film like once a year, once every two years. Dude, it's it's tiring. I wish I could take a year off, but like, if I don't, I'm not going to get better Yeah, to where I want to be, you know? And, and they're like, oh, you should be like, you know, I'll tell you this after Gook, like people were like, don't just go direct something else. You have to direct something bigger or you have to direct something studio or whatever. I always thought that's phony advice because I was like, dude, first of all, if I go do that, they're not going to let me do what I want to do. Right. Mm. What I'm trying to do is I need to just get out there and fail. It's okay. So like when I was going to go direct Miss Purple, everybody was like, you sure you want to cash out all your chips on that film? Like you should cash it on some like. I was like, cash out my chips. I got no chips, man. Like I, I'm, I need to keep creating mm. for me to get better. I'm not thinking of this as like this one opportunity or this, like I got, if I don't keep making films, I'm not going to get better. And I'm not waiting six years between films like other people do to, to get back in the seat because you're not going to, you, what do you think changes in six years? You actually get worse. Oh, for sure. You know? And I'm just like, so I went and did it. And like everybody was really thought it was a wrong decision maybe it was maybe it wasn't but it's people still, thought gook was a wrong decision too though yeah yeah they thought <laughs> gook was a wrong decision yeah. no but even the film before that man up that i did with kev like yeah. they thought that was a wrong but at the end of the day man like all those films have gotten me to where i am it's reps yeah. it's all reps man it's all reps and and you know miss purple man well if it was a bad decision to make a film that got into competition at sundance yeah well, I guess it was a bad decision. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. But but beyond the results of it, it was the process that I was like, no, no, no. It's it's about the journey, not not like I don't look at it as in like, dude. Once I'm done with a movie, I'm done. I'm yeah. like, I'm I'm thinking about my next one. Yeah, I'm not resting on my laurels and being like, dude. You rarely ever hear about talk, me talk about Gook. Yeah, I rather rarely ever talk it's about done. Gook. Yeah, because I'm I'm not like. 
there's stuff to learn from it. And once in a while, I'll go back and watch it because I can see where I need to improve and where I was and where I need to go. But not to, I don't watch it to like pat myself on the back, you know? And I, th- I think that that is the main difference. It's the process for me. It's, it's the road to where I want to get to. And, and I might never get to where I want to go, but that's actually a good thing. Yeah. You know, but everybody's so result oriented and being like, when I get this, when I do that, when I, when, you know, when this person like does, uh, gives me this or, or like. Well, it's, it's, it's hard because like you're, you're, I mean, I don't think you should be the not the outlier in this, but the norm is that most people do things for recognition, not because they love it. And that's what I'm finding out a lot. Yeah. It's like, cause people will ask, they go, well, why don't you just post more on YouTube and do these videos? Like it mm-hmm. made you more money. Well, if I wanted to make more money, I would have done something way different than entertainment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like money is, money is the, the ancillary thing that came along with doing something that I enjoyed. Right. Google didn't make us money. <laughs> no, it didn't make, yeah. <laughs> you know? I saw a single cent. Yeah. People are like, yo man, like you must be fucking caking off that shit. And I'm like, <laughs> I really? really? Shit. <laughs> is that what you think? Damn. You know? I wish. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, it's like, what do you think about, I was like, dude, Gook was two years ago, but it feels like eons ago to yeah. me. Like it's, it's hard to think about something constantly. Like what, what does, well, okay, cool. It happened. Like yeah. I moved on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now it's time for me to do something new. But that was the thing is like Gook happened. And afterwards, like I was like, okay, I got to go make some money. I went and did an ABC show. Yeah. Like you said, like sometimes you got to do shit you don't want to do in order to get to where you need to go. Yeah. But doing that show banked me financially so I could make Miss Purple and take two years off to like make Miss Purple and this film I'm about to make like, you know, and like it's about the process. I mean, I'm trying to get somewhere, but like if it requires me to do a few things I don't want to do, then cool, man. But like, but even that ABC show, you know, guess what I was doing when I was on that set? Yeah. Hey, what does that do? Can I touch that? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Like, uh, why'd you put that light there? Oh, what, what is that called? That's that's what I was doing. Like, it, but that's the thing is like everybody's like pouting and whining about like wherever they're at in the, their life and why. It's always an opportunity, man. And like right now, you know, I'm I'm trying to get this film made, and and you know, I'm putting out a film as well, you know, and. It's tough. Everything's tough. Everything is tough, man. Everything is so damn tough. It's hard because the 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 biggest thing that people ask consistently on this is uh, to they always they don't know how to be passionate about something that they love, right? Yeah. Because for you there's that passion and a lot of people apparently can't get to that point. Yeah. Because they're more I think I'm more of that norm where I I like things for a second, but I don't know how to dive into something a hundred percent. And it's because like, I don't know if I share that singular passion, right? For you, whether it's directing or acting is still within the art of film. Yeah. That's, that's your thing. Yeah. And I always tell people, Hey man, you can be a jack of all shits or you could be a jack of one trade. Yeah. And for to, to master one thing is you'll never be able to do it within a lifetime. Yeah. So could you imagine how hard it is to try to do six? Yeah. Right? Everybody wants to do six though. Exactly. That's my problem. <laughs> so like for you, I, I think like that's why you're able to progress because you, you double down. It's yeah. like, okay, if I'm going to be a director and this is what I want to go and this is this is where I want to go and this is what I enjoy, you did one film. You're doing another one and then yeah. you're doing another one yeah. and they're all different. Miss Purple was a, a way different film than Gook was, yeah. right? Like number yeah. one, it was like, like cinematography wise, it was way different. Yeah. You know what I mean? The coloring was beautiful. It, yeah. it was very, uh, uh, Wong Kar Wai to me. Like, yeah. It looked, yeah. Wong Kar Wai. But you know, other influences was like, you know, Koreeda, like Koreeda's films and, and, um, a lot of European films. Yeah. But like, and it um, wasn't as dialogue heavy. It was very quiet. Yeah. It was much more experiential and, and introspective. Um, and it was designed that way. I really, uh, this is the type of film I wanted to make. It's not as commercial, yeah, but it's, it, it's supposed to make you think and talk and, and, um, but yeah. And this, this next film is a little bit of both. And, but you know, here's the thing is like, I can learn from anywhere. So then I did a film, you know, after, after Miss Purple, after I shot Miss Purple, when I was doing post mm-hmm. on Miss Purple, Wayne Wang, the director of uh, Joy Luck Club and Smoke, and he's like an OG. Like, he's one of the true OG independent filmmakers. He made a film called Chan is Missing um, for like four or $5,000. It's a film that's very respected amongst like cinephiles. And, and uh, you know, his, his film Smoke with Harvey Keitel is amazing. And, you know, he, this guy is, has lived a life of film. And, and he called me up. He's like, hey, uh, you know, I want to do this film. Do you want to, do you want to, be the lead in it and everything. I was like, what's it about? Well, it's about, you know, uh, 
a guy who's cooking a final meal for his mom who's dying of cancer. I was like, huh, that's funny because I just made a film about um, a parent who's dying as well. I was like, are you okay with that? Because I just want, I just want to be transparent that I just did a film about the same thing. He's like, yeah. And he was not worried at all. Yeah. He's like, nah, man. And I was like, shit, I should go and see how this guy does this. Yeah. yeah Take on yeah. the subject. And I went on that set and I didn't see it as like, he didn't see it as threatening. He like, he, it was all gravy. And I, I learned so much from him. And like, you know, at the end of the day, the whole experience was so nourishing to me because I was like, shit, man, there's, there's so many different ways to do this. And this dude who's like older now and basically retired, he says he's retired, but he keeps making films. Yeah. But he's he loves it so much. He's retired. Yeah, yeah. He is. yeah. But he loves films so much that like, you know, um, he wanted to make this thing and he wanted to make it out of the system. Kind of like, and man, it's the best. It's a, but I was in the middle of post. I was like, I shouldn't leave. You know, I'm trying to fight the Sundance deadline. And I was like, no, no, no. This experience probably is going to give me more than what I think. And it's going to Toronto. It's going to Toronto International Film Festival. And like, wow. but man, like I'm doing, I'm, you know, just because like, I'm trying to learn from everywhere. I'm not just trying to like, and that's the thing I think you're talking about with these kids is like, they don't want to learn from you. They come to do an internship for you, but they don't really want to learn from you. Yeah. They just want to get the cred and mm-hmm. they just want to say they worked with you probably. Yeah. They don't actually aren't curious about your process or like, or what drives you or the things that matter to you in life and like, it's, or, or looking know. for some mentorship. You know what I mean? It's, it's hard. Cause like, I, and, and, and I try to explain sometimes and sometimes I'm nice enough where I'll respond back where I'm yeah. just like, like what, why? Like, I'm, I'm always wondering why. Yeah. And I was like, they're like, oh, it's cause you know, I had, I just had an email just this, the, the email was nice. And I always asked them, I was like, well, why'd you come to me if you want to do film? Yeah. They're like, well, it's because this is it. Like, I saw you on YouTube. I was like, I'm not film. You're mm-hmm. not. You're coming to the wrong person. So you already started off bad. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm not film. Yeah. You need to go intern and work for somebody else. Yeah. Like you're you're already. I was like, either you're doing this because you either want to be around me, and then you know I've helped you out in your life, which great. I, I love that shit. Yeah. But it would be a disservice of me for me to take your free work and I don't teach you anything. Yeah. I can't teach you anything. Yeah. I'm learning right now. Yeah. So. I'm still student, student, student. And mm-hmm. then you're trying to learn from me. I got nothing to give you. Yeah. Like go, you need to work on set. You need to go get that type of experience because yeah. that's the experience that I'm getting right now. Yeah. So it's it's weird. It's like, I think sometimes people just look for the thing that's familiar and it's the easier way out. Yeah. And it's not the right choice. It's not. Yeah. You know, there's no way that I, I, I can help you out about all this like specific, like because this person specifically wants to be a director. Mm-hmm. Wrong person, bro. <laughs> you know, I'm not a director, dude. I'm not, dude. I'm a fucking comic. Like, uh-huh. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. You know, what I mean? other than that, like right now, I'm just trying to write. Like, I'm yeah. learning how to write right now. Yeah. I'm like, I can't help you out. You know. Yeah. So it's rough. Yeah, man. I don't know. You know, I think um, find people who you know. If we're if if this podcast is more about like telling young people about what maybe good advice, like find somebody you admire, man. Yeah. And try to figure out what makes him tick. Like, you know, if he came to you and said, listen, I'm trying to be a director, but I just like your philosophy of life yeah. and the way you roll and like, and, and I vibe with your, your, the, your, your perspective on, on the world. I think you would have reacted differently. Oh, for sure. You know, and you he know. could have said, you know, as a director, like I'm looking for different perspectives that shape my view on the world. How can you, how can you, uh, how could I have said no? Yeah, how can you say no to that? But like, ah, uh, yeah. You know, and I don't know, when I worked with Wayne, man, I came, I came with, you know, humbly and I, I, I could be like, I could go there and be like, oh yeah, I fucking directed a few films too. And yeah, yeah what? Like I went there being like completely open-minded and like whatever you want. Also treating him like the director. I was like, you're the director. I'm here to, I'm here to service you, you know, but fuck dude. Like even something small, like on this indie film that I'm on, like, uh, like being around Lamorne, right? Yeah. Like watching him work, like yeah. like his improv and everything, and how great yeah. he is on set. I'm just like he doesn't know this, but I'm looking at him like I'm like yeah. mm, I'm write some fucking notes on this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh shit, there is like a, a like this huge gap and difference between me and him. Uh-huh. You know, it's like here and fucking here. Well, he know? just had so many hours. Yeah, you know, he just had his so reps many hours. are there. You know, mm. number one, he takes acting classes. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He's trained, yeah. and then you could see those huge differences, and that's why like. 
you know, people go like, oh, you don't take any acting classes and then you got signed. It doesn't mean I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm good at what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can't compare me to somebody who's like classically trained that's continuing to grow and they yeah. put all their chips into acting to me. Yeah. Cause that's from, I'm here and they're right here. Lamorne you know? has a good, but Lamorne has a good attitude about it all. Yeah. You know, I remember like I did an episode of New Girl with him, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, tell him I said what up, by the mm-hmm. way. He's a good dude. But like, when I was chilling with him on set, just chill, man. Yeah, he's, he's just, a nice dude. He's a chill ass dude. It wasn't like, oh, I'm fucking serious, regular, whatever, like, get the fuck away from me. It was like, we, and we, you know, we, we know some mutual people, but like, just a chill ass, like, really stand up dude. And, and, guy. and, and it's the reason why people love to work with him. Yeah. You know, I would love to work with him more because he's just like, He's a real dude. He's not like trying to be celebrity, kind of like, you know, flex his, you know, flex his status or nothing. Like, he's just chill as fuck. Yeah, this is really great to be around. There's other guy named Matt McGregor. He's on the mm-hmm. show, um, How to Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. Guy's fucking awesome, too. I'm like, yeah. Ryan fucking knows. I'm like, yeah. these, these guys but are But they fucking- just work. They yeah. just work. I mean, Lamorne, someone like Lamorne, he just does the work. Yeah. He just does the work. And he's, uh, he's a professional, you know? And I think that's the other difference is like... You know, understanding what it means to be a professional. Yeah. Like, I'm not talking about some like hobbyist. Yeah. You know, actually, you know, understanding what the job entails and the type of prep and, and, you know, the type of like, you know, and then you got people who kind of phone it in and, and they can, they sort of rest on their laurels and all that stuff, but that's why they ain't progressing or they're not happy in life and mm-hmm. they don't find any joy in their work Yeah, anymore. You know, yeah. like you see these actors that have been around forever and they just, they're famous, whatever, and you just see them on set. I'm like, that's it. Yeah. No wonder you're so unhappy with your life. You want to be, get written off the show and blah 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 because you don't enjoy what you're doing. You don't enjoy what you're doing anymore, and like you just, why are you even here? Mm-hmm. Why are you even here? But someone like Lamorne, he's like, nah, I could see him pushing, man. Yeah. And uh, you know, from where he came from too. I don't know if you talked to him about like, yeah. Anyway, like, yeah. I mean, I think. Uh, you can learn from all that shit. I'm sure you're learning a shitload on the set. Oh, for sure. A lot. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, just watching them work is pretty yeah. awesome. Just, yeah. It's just like, oh, shit, look at that, dude. Like, I ain't shit. <laughs> like, oh, shit, I really ain't shit, dude. You know, because like acting is one of those like ancillary passions that I have, right? Like yeah. it's, unless I dive all in, it's, hmm. it's not going to get any better. And I, hmm. I understand this. Like I, that's why I get picked roles where I can kill what I can do. Yeah. You know, if it, if it takes me out of something that I don't normally do. It's gonna be a rough battle, yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. then I have to sit. I gotta go get an acting coach. I gotta sit work with them for like months, and then I'll be able to come in. But you know, like I feel like with him or even you, if you get something within like four or five days, you'll be able to do it. Yeah, me. And then it's like, <laughs> if it's not something that I'm already used to, and this role was kind of like tailored towards me, so yeah, it's like yeah. cool. I can do this. So uh-huh. I got I got the script like literally two days before they were shooting. Uh-huh. I was like, well, I could do this. Thank God. But if yeah. it was like this character, like okay, well, this character's uh, he's a father, and then uh, the the mother died recently, and you're also a cop. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to pass on this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pass on this one because I will not be able to do this. Yeah, you know, it's hard. Yeah, there's a craft to it. Yeah, absolutely. But um, you know, I mean. It's a fun journey, man. It's really, it's, it's one of the hardest endeavors that I've, it is the hardest endeavor that I've taken on in my life. And, but I'm still here, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm 38 now. So if I started 20, like that's 18 years and I'm still in it. Yeah. I'm still like, I'm still feel like I'm a baby, a novice. Like, I think that's good. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, I help to be like Wayne and still like, you know, hella old, still like excited and like, dude, we were on set and we do something like a take that was awesome and we weren't expecting whatever. And between takes, we would like giving each other high fives and shit. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Makes him happy. Yeah. Makes him happy. Made me happy. I'm just like, man, this is awesome that, that I couldn't believe how joyful he still was and not jaded he was. And how he took everything personal too, you know, like yeah. there's things that like, you know, when people don't like the film, or whatever, like it, it, it really gets them down. Um, so to see it still affect him in that way, dude, if I was him, I'd be like, fuck you. You know, I did this, 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 and yeah. like, I don't give a fuck what you think he does. And I think that's what keeps him alive and like really still kicking and all that. 
um you know i was like when are you gonna write me like when are we gonna work together again like when are you gonna write me a new thing he's like i'm working on it i'm like cool <laughs> i'll do whatever like even if he doesn't pay me i'll be there yeah you know, it's not about the money at all yeah it's just it's a conversation of just passion and you know notoriety like yeah I think, I think working for passion can keep you going for a very very long time yeah um working for just notoriety that shit is fleeting dude like that shit disappears yeah. so fucking fast well i think you know what i realized uh in the last few years is the thing that helps me continue to do what i do is if it's not for myself you know um if there's a purpose a a bigger sort of reason I'm doing it that is beyond my own borders, you know, and like having a, you know, like I have a kid and everything and, and that introspection that's happened after having the kid, like it really has changed how I look at the world and how I move and the things I want to take on. And, but the biggest thing is like, I have a purpose. I have a purpose in this world for what I do and why I'm doing it. So it allows me in the worst of times to be like, well, boohoo yeah. for me, but you still have to do this for this group of people and you have to do it to make, you know, at least your corner of the world a little bit brighter. Um, and that to me is, is worthwhile. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So like that really keeps me going rather than any of the ancillary bullshit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's an hour in. That was quick. And then we're good now. Yeah. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the uh, of Genius Brain. We got Justin Chan in here. Uh, remember to support Miss Purple when it comes out. You got anything else you want to plug? September 6th, Miss Purple comes out at the New World in Santa Monica. The next weekend, it'll be in Landmark Theaters in New York City. And uh, we'll expand in L.A. And then after that, it's going to be in uh, most major cities. Put your money where your mouth is, you stupid bitches. How about that, huh? Yeah. Look at that. But you guys can find us on Spotify, iTunes, any type of podcast, audio thing. Make sure you guys give us that five star and we'll see you guys again. Remember, we upload every Thursdays and Sundays. And I will see y'all next time, you smelly, smelly bitches. Peace. Peace. <laughs>